Trojan fans. It's time for another installment of the Trojan Blast Recruiting Podcast. We give you the inside scoop on everything about USC football recruiting from the experts who know what they're talking about. Which players have an offer, which ones don't, who the coaches like, and who our experts like. And now, here are your co-hosts for the Trojan Blast Recruiting Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher Ryan Abraham and uscfootball.com national recruiting analyst Gerard Martinez. Hello, Georgia fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. Today, we're going to talk with the great Gerard Martinez, uscfootball.com's national recruiting analyst, fresh off our scout publisher conference trip to Las Vegas over the past few days. We wanted to do a podcast. We haven't done a recruiting podcast for a while. People, fans were asking for it. Talking USC recruiting, we're in the May evaluation period. Gerard just released the new versions of the offensive and defensive target list. Those are great, great pieces of content you have to check out up on uscfootball.com. Gerard does a great job with those. So check them out. We're going to talk about some of the higher level details of those, but definitely go to uscfootball.com. Check out the target list. Those are great stuff. If you have any questions or comments for us, podcast at uscfootball.com. That is our email address. Or if you want to leave us a voicemail, give us a call here at 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or go to our, web, our website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page, and you can leave a voicemail right from your computer or mobile device. And if you'd like to subscribe on iTunes, that's a great way to consume the show, itunes.com slash peristylepodcast. We are, have our own URL on iTunes, so itunes.com slash peristylepodcast. Well, let's bring in... Gerard Martinez. Follow him on Twitter at GMartLive. What is up, Gerard? How are you? I'm doing great. Great is the theme of this podcast now. Great? Is it a great podcast? Great. I'm the great. Doing great. Did great at the Publishers Conference, and the target lists are great. So it's a great day. So you're saying I need some other adjectives to describe the greatness that is Gerard Martinez. <laughs> First of all, you need a different adjective to describe me. But yeah, we'll, maybe we'll move away from great and we'll use amazing. Everybody says everything is amazing nowadays and most things aren't amazing. But it's just thrown out there too often. Everything is awesome. That's the Lego music, right? That's the, yep, that's the song. Okay. Um, okay, so we wanted to talk a little USC recruiting. Wanted to bring in Gerard. Uh, like I said, we were at the publishers' the conference. Great. The great Gerard. We were at the publishers' conference <laughs> from Monday to Wednesday. So we were gonna—I uh, was gonna try to do one there, but got a little crazy, got a little busy. So we didn't get to do a podcast <laughs> there. It was Las Vegas, you know. My my wallet's fat. Yes, it was Las Vegas. My, some some people some people act like they've never been to Las Vegas, but yes, right, <laughs> it was Las Vegas. My wallet's a little fatter, so that's good. Gerard's not much of a gambler. Or, that's good. That's yes. That's great. We had uh, a really nice dinner. We got some, you know, USC people and stuff were out there. I, I thought it was pretty good overall. Um, yeah, yes, yes. We have to give a shout out to Casey and Tony, who are uh, both uh, behind the scenes at Scout and uh, took us out. And um, even our guy Joe, uh, great people. Got to hang out with them and, um, you know, talk shop with Casey, who's an engineer at Scout, who does a lot of work 
uh, with, uh, with just the website, you know, behind the scenes and trying to develop scout just the technology and make it, you know, better, more practical, you know, they're working really hard to do a lot of different things right now at scout. I mean, that's, what's definitely exciting. It's what brought us over that there's a vision and that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to move forward, get some traction, do some different things, you know, make uh, the user experience, uh, more, you know, better, but also just, you know, make the website more valuable to people in terms of how we get the information to them, um, the ease of use, and uh, new features that are exciting. So uh, that was uh, fantastic going out there, hanging out with those guys. Uh, got to have a, a great dinner and, um, you know, just uh, talk shop a little bit. They're USC guys, so, you know, they were, they were excited just to, you know, talk a little bit about the state of the program. Yeah, they're definitely excited about that, and uh, we were excited for it too. And so now we're back, back uh, trying to get back into the grind of things. There's all kinds of stuff going on, you know, camps. We got the uh, the Oakland Nike camp is coming up. So Gerard and I will both be up there for that one. That should be uh, an interesting one. And, you know, some of the prospects, I guess, we're going to see up there, Gerard. And, you know, there's there's other events going on around here in Southern California we're going to be going to, too. But I thought it would be good to focus on these target lists that you put out because you do such a great job on – um, you know, what's going on there. And it's just, if it's a super, should I say great? It's an amazing resource for USC fans. <laughs> Are you trying to, you're searching for different, different words, words already. But actually Put it showed, in your head. We were you're at, self-conscious about it. We were at the, the publisher's conference and we were showing like the, the people that run the Texas site, your target list. And they were like copying down the information. That's something that they wanted to incorporate on their site as well, because there's so much good uh, information there. So, um, you know, Your what partner kind of, there, Chip Brown. Yeah. Chip Brown, our buddy, Chip Brown, Taylor Gaspar. They do a great job over there on the uh, Horns Digest on the Texas site, but you know, looking for some different ideas. That's what publishers conferences are for. We all kind of meet and share different ideas. And this was one of the ones that people, uh, like, I like it a lot. And I think the, uh, USC fan base does too, but checking it all out. Um, you know, Gerardo put a little, uh, tidbit kind of at the top of what the update's about and then he goes through each of the positions and which guys are have offers and which ones are committed and you can you know link on their profile what their interest level is and things like that so um i thought maybe we'll start with the quarterbacks because there's been some news uh you know Tua Tagovailoa ended up committing to uh Alabama um you know certainly someone that was high on the USC board you know Tate Martell Last since we talked to you, he's decommitted from Texas A&M. He's Bishop Gorman guy who we were just out there uh, in Las Vegas. Someone else that has a scholarship offer from USC, and also Jack Sears, uh, someone I think we're going to be able to see this weekend. Uh, San Clemente guy, so for the same high school as Sam Darnold. But maybe if you want to talk about the quarterback position a little bit. Yeah, the quarterback position has been hard to figure out with USC ever since Tua Tagovailoa um, ended up going to Alabama and, and kind of took that unofficial visit there at Alabama and he took a sort of a southern tour a little bit, Ole Miss, Auburn. And from that point, you know, a few days after his unofficial visit, you know, we started kind of feeling like, okay, there's some sources that are very confident he's going to Alabama. And I think about a week after that, it was apparent for USC that he was going to Alabama. So they had to pivot. You know, they put the really a lot of eggs in that basket. He was kind of their number one guy. And that came – 
you know, from the fork in the road they had in recruiting, you know, do we go after Tate Martell or do we go after Tua Tagovailoa? Now, Tate Martell kind of made it easy on them because he committed to Texas A&M, and I think Tate Martell himself felt like USC wasn't sure what they wanted to do offensively. I think that was one of the issues. Uh, they weren't really focused and confident in what they want to do schematically, and obviously, you know, everything that happened after that with Steve Sarkeesian getting fired and then the new coaching staff, um, you know, he probably was like, okay, yeah, I made the right decision to, to go to A&M or at least the right decision not to commit to USC because I don't know what the future of that offense is going to be with the new coaching staff. And we fast forward and then Tate Martell uh, has a new offensive coordinator at Texas A&M and that new offensive coordinator is Noel Mazzoni. Now, Noel Mazzoni was at UCLA and Noel Mazzoni, from what I understand, wasn't the biggest fan of Tate Martell and just the way he sort of played, which is interesting because UCLA's offense at that time was much more of an offense that you think Tate Martell would operate in. It fit him better than the offense UCLA has now, which Tate Martell is looking at UCLA again since decommitting from Texas A&M because evidently Nolmazoni wasn't really contacting him that much. They weren't really feeling him, and so he wasn't feeling them, and they've parted ways. Um, it's this weird carousel thing right now with quarterbacks and trying to figure out you know, who fits what, uh, Tate Martell is back on the market, but from what I understand, USC is not really on him that hard. Um, you know, they kind of would like to get back in it with Garrett Haskell, Haskell Garrett, a guy, another guy with kind of like two last names for two first names. You kind of always get those screwed up. Um, he's a defensive tackle from Bishop Gorman, uh, which USC recruited heavily. He's committed to Ohio State. And really, if USC, I think, was getting back in it with Tate Martell, it would sort of be for other players. Um, and we could talk a little bit more about that later on because there's other positions that USC is recruiting, and there's actually another committed player at Bishop Gorman that USC is recruiting that we kind of have to talk about a little bit. Um, but just with the quarterback situation, USC and Martell right now, not really talking a whole lot, not a lot of communication. It just seems like USC hasn't really jumped into it yet. If they did, I think USC would definitely be in his top five, but because they're not, they're not in his top five. So right now, Martell's not really necessarily an option. Sears they have offered a scholarship to. Um, I haven't necessarily gotten the vibe that they're in love with any one quarterback, but Sears is the guy that at least has a scholarship offer right now. He's about 6'3", 185 pounds. He ran a 4'6'6 at the Nike camp, so he's a guy that can run pretty well. And the San Clemente offense, they do run that read option. Uh, they ran it with Sam Darnold. It's not a really spread run team totally. That's you know They're not like just running their quarterbacks all the time, um, but it is an offense that they do have that option, which is sort of similar to USC, even though we've seen really sort of a non-mobile quarterback in the offense, or at least what we think the offense will be in Cody Kessler. Um, the offense, I think, is not going to change a whole lot from what we saw with Lane Kiffin and probably getting a little more away from Steve Sarkeesian's offense uh, in terms of how they use the receivers. But still, they're going to be up-tempo. They're going to be running out of the shotgun, and they're going to have – opportunities to be able to run the quarterback. Um, so, you know, you got Sam Tendarno there, obviously, who's a pretty athletic, but not not really a necessarily a dual threat guy. I, I don't think we would necessarily say categorically he's a dual threat guy. He's more of a pocket quarterback that has the athleticism to run some, uh, which kind of sort of fits what USC is doing offensively. Um, we're going to see what happens with that whole quarterback, you know, battle between Sam uh, Darnold and Max Brown. Uh, we've talked about that little in the war room, uh, but I digress. Uh, so, yeah, we're at this point right now where they've offered Sears. He's got the ability to run a little bit. Are they totally all in with him? 
it's hard to say. It's it's really we're back at that point again with USC and not they don't necessarily seem to know what they want at quarterback and what style they really want to go into. Do they want KJ Costello or they want a guy that's more athletic like a Shea Patterson? You know, it's this weird thing. On the flip side of things, with Sears having the offer and he being the one guy that's a target right now, clearly because he's got a scholarship offer, I, we don't get to say necessarily that he's all in on USC. I mean, in the past, certainly USC would be in the lead for any quarterback that they offered in South Orange County. I mean, they've owned South Orange County traditionally, and that's just one of those places that quarterbacks uh, specifically, they just line up to go to USC. But that's just not the case anymore. USC's been a little – uh, too inconsistent off the field. They've been way too inconsistent with the coaching staff and their message, and I think it's just reverberated, and that's why you've seen all these misses at quarterback. And with Sears, there's a very possible, there's a good possibility they could miss on him too. Um, he could end up going maybe UCLA. He could end up going up to uh, Washington. That's kind of the other two schools, I think, right now that are really uh, pushing for him. And because USC kind of came in late in the game, and because they still not 100% sure that they're all in with him and it may be a little slow and they like him, they're going to offer him and recruit him, but these other schools are like, hey, you're our number one guy. I think that sort of leaves them vulnerable to maybe him going somewhere else too. So uh, he isn't given any date for when he wants to commit. You figure he's going to commit some point between now and the beginning of the season. Quarterbacks usually want to get it done before the beginning of the season. Uh, we're going to kind of see how things you know, stir up here at the end of May, and then we get into the camps and, you know, what camps he goes to, if he goes to any camps, and kind of trying to figure out um, maybe what his ultimate actions are just from that. So that's where it sits. It's it's sort of a vagueish kind of, okay, Jack Sears is sort of the guy right now that has a scholarship offer. We'll focus on him and what that means for USC's offense, uh, but they could very – well in a month or two end up back at you know ground zero sort of to speak to figure out what they're doing and, and maybe what plan c or d is all right that's with the uh quarterback stuff on the tailback uh scenario we have Stephen carr you have him listed there at as a soft verbal or scout does as a soft verbal what's the latest with the usc tailback recruiting yeah, he's still a sophomore because he's going to take official visits to other schools, and he's taken unofficial visits to other schools. Michigan was the big visit that he took that everybody's kind of nervous about because Jim Harbaugh obviously running around doing sleepovers and recruiting everybody, and they're doing a good job of recruiting. And they played really well last year for a team that, you know, they, they weren't great in terms of, um, you know, the amount of wins they had or, or, or making a big splash that way. I mean, they, they, you know, lost some games and ended up, I don't know, like a Citrus Bowl or something like that. But you saw that every game they played, they were very competitive. And that was sort of night and day from when they had Brady Hoke there. So you figure Harbaugh's sort of building something there at Michigan. How long he'll be in Michigan, I've, you know, that always comes up. Uh, that could definitely be a little something that uh, creates a little havoc with them uh, in terms of uh, the recruiting process kind of late in the game uh, because the NFL rumors will come up again. But that's the one program that sort of, you know, everybody, you know, kind of piques his interest and he's been there unofficially. Uh, Notre Dame's also recruiting him hard. Alabama just offered him a scholarship uh, just the other day. Uh, that might be a school that, uh, you know, he looks at. Um, certainly Alabama's had a, a really good run of running backs uh, the past few years. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that's just still open, still soft, um, a ground zero guy, and a lot of USC fans are feeling like, uh, you know, the ground zero guys, they're not going to USC. Um, Thomas Graham was ground zero guy, um, decommitted, kind of the similar – reopened his commitment sort of thing 
um, earlier in January at the same time as Stephen Carr. So a lot of people feel like, oh, he's linked at the hip with Stephen Carr. I talked to Stephen Carr after that happened, and Thomas Graham had officially decommit, and he pretty much set the record straight. Look, Thomas and I are friends, but we've got way different recruitments, and we're going probably maybe to different schools and just different mindset completely. So there's no package deal, and there's not really a lot of overlap there with those two. But Stephen Carr is definitely still open to looking at other schools, and he's definitely the best running back that um, USC's had committed in, in, in a few years. And, and honestly, I mean, Ronald Jones was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, you know, was committed originally to Oklahoma State, and then USC kind of came in at the end, and boom, he ends up at USC. Uh, but Stephen Carr has been a guy that we've watched since he was a sophomore. Really, actually, he was a freshman the first time I saw him play, and he has developed really, really well like over the past few years. And, you know, a lot of these top kids, when you see them early on, you kind of see a guy that just doesn't get a whole lot better. You don't see the development physically or really mentally and just how they play the game. Stephen Carr has gotten better. I mean, he is a better player now than he was last summer. And so, you know, you, you, you're going to, I think, consistently see him improve and be one of the top running backs uh, in the country uh, once he gets to the next level. I think he'll end up being one of those guys that is a future guy. And certainly, USC wants to take two running backs in this class. Uh, they may even go and take three if it you know, comes up that they can get a top guy. It's going to be one of those things they take two. If a third guy's on the board, it's going to be best player available. Um, and so, you know, there's going to be another guy in the class. They've gone after Najee Harris, the big 6'2", 220-pound uh, five-star that's committed to Alabama. The last that we talked to uh, Najee Harris and sort of being around his people, you know, you don't get the vibe of USC's in his top three really right now. I, I think, you know, it's Ohio State and some other schools that he's more enamored with right now than USC. Um, USC's really got to pick up their recruiting in the Bay Area. Uh, it's just it doesn't give the vibe that Najee Harris is looking to be the, the, the kind of the dynamic duo with, with uh, Stephen Carr. The one guy that USC's really looking at that I think they've got a good shot at and, and is a very dynamic player who's sort of under, a little bit underrated is Salvan Ahmed. Um, he's a smaller sort of athlete um, not necessarily just looked at as a straight running back because he's played a lot of defensive back. 5'11", 185 pounds. Uh, he's up from Kirkland, Washington. Uh, but he's a guy that uh, you just pop on his highlight film and very dynamic player and a guy that would really play well with Stephen Carr. You know, the, the talk with Najee Harris and Stephen Carr is, well, who's the guy that's going to get the ball there? You know, who's in, in what situation? And they would be sort of similar. They're, they're not the same type of running back but they would be similar in terms of situational use scenarios. Whereas I think with someone Ahmed, he's a little more of a all purpose type back, a little more of the speed uh, receiver type back and could play off of Stephen Carr a little better. Stephen Carr is, is a little more combo uh, power vision type of running back. Um, so certainly, you know, those two guys together would be a heck of a running back class. And Salvin Ahmed's very, very high on USC. There's Washington. There's Oregon. There's other schools there that are recruiting him hard. But I think he's a little underrated, and I think he's definitely a guy that, uh, you know, USC could definitely they, – they have some traction with him right now and could definitely be in it, you know, towards the end. He's going to wait probably till fighting day, if not, you know, an all-star game, and they'll be, have a hat on the table for sure. Okay, uh, let's move on to wide receivers, Gerard. I think the last time since we talked, USC did pick up a commitment uh, from Mobile, Alabama. I know there's a bunch of uh, offers out there for wide receivers. 
But it doesn't look like, you know, after the number of wide receivers USC took in this last class, probably not as many going to be taken in 2017, right? They said to the recruits that they're only taking two receivers. And obviously that's always up to debate. You know, how many at one position you're taking really depends on the athlete tag because the athlete tag gets thrown in there and that kind of murks up the water a little bit. From what we understand, they've told everybody, you know, the recruits that they're taking two receivers. They've had Marlon Williams from Mobile, Alabama committed for a while. Uh, He's been committed. He's pretty solid right now, actually. Uh, more solid than uh, Valus Jones was at this point in time uh, when Valus Jones committed to USC sight unseen. Uh, with Marlon Williams, he seems very committed. Uh, he's got a great relationship with T. Martin. T. Martin originally from Mobile, Alabama. So T. Martin's trying to make Mobile sort of his little, you know, honeypot away from uh, USC, away from Southern California, and be able to get in there and get some top guys. Uh, Marlon Williams is kind of a, a flanker, solid player, uh, built well. Uh, people have talk to that have seen him in person we've yet to see him in person obviously we don't you know make a lot of trips to mobile alabama to go watch players uh and he hasn't come out here for any camps uh from the people that i've talked to that've seen him in person uh, say you know he's, he's he's got a little sort of uh maybe juju smithish type uh attributes in terms of his physicality he's a, he's a strong kid he's well built he'll put on uh weight he'll end up being probably a 210 pound guy 215 pound guy when he gets into college um, but certainly, you know, I wouldn't compare him to Juju Smith in any other way. I, I don't know that he's as dynamic just in terms of being an athlete and his football and things. All those things, I mean, it's really hard to, to read those things just watching film and not having seen a kid in person, not having seen him play a game in the, the scenarios of, okay, is he clutch? Um, you know, how aggressive is he? How does he play away from the football and all those kind of things? You just can't really get those, uh, from just watching huddle film and stuff like that. So, uh, everything else, you know, it's just kind of an unknown type player, but T Martin seems to like him, offered him very early, committed very early. The guy that they got that just committed at the spring game is Randall Grimes and Randall Grimes is kind of that quintessential athlete that I talked about that sort of, you know, and blurs the lines a little bit as to, okay, is he really a receiver or is he going to play tight end or is he going to maybe even play defense? He could be an outside linebacker. He's 6'5", 210 pounds. Uh, he's a guy that really most project out of the receiver position. But USC recruiting him told him he's coming in as a receiver. So if you're counting him and Marlon Williams, USC's done at receiver. That means no uh, Joseph Lewis. The 6'2", 210-pound five-star from Hawkins School uh, in Los Angeles. No, Tajon Lindsey, who's from Corona Centennial, that dynamic, you know, 5'8", 165-pound uh, speedster. A lot of people compare him, including myself, uh, really to the Anthony Thomas type. I think that's a fair comparison for a guy like Tajon Lindsey. USC wouldn't be recruiting either of those guys. So it's hard for, for – I mean, I know they're still committing – or still recruiting Tajon Lindsey, still want Tajon Lindsey. And still recruiting uh, Joseph Lewis. So where does Randall Grimes really kind of fall into in terms of position? Uh, they're saying receiver. He feels like he wants to come in receiver. And truth be told, you know, this is very similar to what we had with Michael Pittman. A lot of people were saying, oh, Michael Pittman, he's a tight end. Michael Pittman, he's going to be outside linebacker. Well, Michael Pittman, by you know the end of his senior year, was definitely uh, a wide receiver. I mean, he showed it. He really showed it during the summer. That was when he really showed – he could come into his own and really play well as a wide receiver, catch the ball with his hands, 
and and be a legitimate wide receiver on the outside. And that's where USC played him in spring, and we don't see them moving him anytime soon. So maybe that happens with Randall Grimes as well. Everybody projects him at another position. They make assumptions in terms of how much how big he's going to get, um, and and how much you know his athleticism at other positions would have higher ceilings. So we'll see how it shakes out. The one thing that, like I said, it weighs against him playing receiver is how many receivers USC is taking and the two other big names on the board that they have a shot with. Uh, Tyjon Lindsay is a guy that has been very, very high on USC. Uh, I would go so far as to say he's probably given winks and nods to people about USC. Does that mean he's going to end up at USC? No, because that's just, I mean, guys publicly commit nowadays, and they don't end up at the schools that they publicly commit to. Uh, and, and, you know, with Joseph Lewis, he's a guy that's looking to play early, and that's the biggest hurdle for USC with him. Uh, Nebraska, Arizona, schools like that are really high on his radar because he wants to come in as a true freshman and play. And with USC taking five receivers last year, that's something that he's looking at and a little discouraged by. Um, we'll see what happens this season, how much those guys play. Um, if there's somebody that comes up with that group, a freshman that uh, just stars for USC, it's going to make it harder to get a guy like Joseph Lewis. But if those guys really don't play and don't do a lot, then maybe Joseph Lewis comes in and says, you know, I'm better than those guys. Uh, so that's sort of the hurdle with him. But there's still guys that USC has a shot with, and you figure they're still recruiting. So you wonder if they've really filled those two wide receiver spots. And then last but not least on the offensive side, what about the offensive lineman, Gerard? This is a really deep USC offensive line. Um, so, I mean, that I, as far as need goes, you can talk about, well, how many guys do they really need? Of course, you're projecting out following years. But it's not a position I guess you hear a lot about just because USC's got 10 deep pretty much right now on the offensive line and some young guys behind them that, that look like they could contribute down the road too. Yeah, it's a, it's a good offensive line, you know, in terms of the experience that they have, the players at the top end, and then for the first time in, you know, since really sanctions, they have some depth, you know, beneath that. And, and really, the thing that makes it even deeper is that you have a lot of versatility with USC's offensive line. You've got guys like Chris Brown um, and, you know, Toa Lobodon that have played multiple positions, and that gives you even more depth when you have a guy that you know can fill in at multiple spots in case somebody gets hurt. So it's not just, hey, we've got a great you know starting five, and we've got five guys that back them up that we're really confident with. It's we've got a great starting five, and we've got five guys that we can bring in. But those five guys can also sort of move around a little bit. And so if we actually lose three tackles during the season, knock on wood that they don't, but, you know, they, they go really at one position and have just an injury hit, you can move and shift. And so you're really deeper at that position than you would be on paper. You know, you really got five guys that can play center instead of just three. Uh, so, yeah, USC is definitely in a good spot for offensive linemen. I think they still want to take two to three guys in this class, judging by – who they've recruited, how they've recruited, how they've offered. Uh, they still look like they sort of want to get into that that two to three area in terms of who they sign. Uh, I think they feel pretty good about a couple guys. Uh, they've kind of gone all over the place in terms of offers. But locally, uh, really the, the three guys that stand out, I think, at the top are Austin Jackson, um, 6'5", 260, 270-pound offensive tackle from Phoenix, Arizona. He came out for the Rising Stars camp. He's a guy that uh, has a lot of lineage with USC. His grandfather went to USC. He's been pretty quiet. You know, we've tried to contact him multiple times uh, just to kind of 
see what he's doing and, and kind of where USC is at in his head and what he's doing with other schools on official visits and just not been a guy that you could get on the phone. So he's not interested in the recruiting process. Uh, it'll be interesting to see sort of where he's at when we get to talk to him and he'll, you know, be at the opening. He'll be, he'll end up probably at other places um, that we'll be able to talk to him. He, he might even be in Oakland and kind of gauge, you know, where are you at now? You know, talked to him last summer, last fall, and he was very, very high on USC, see if anything's changed there. Uh, Wyatt Davis is obviously a, a big name and a name that a lot of USC fans know. A guy that's sort of like Chuma Doga, a little shorter, 6'3", 300-pound, 310-pound range, uh, but has the feet to play off the tackle. Uh, so, you know, profile-wise, he looks more like a guard and, and may end up playing guard, but has the athleticism to legitimately play a little right tackle maybe at the college level. And he's another guy that's very, very high on USC. Uh, I think USC leads for him at this point, um, doing some good things. Alabama's trying to get in with him. Uh, you know, obviously UCLA, everybody's basically recruiting him. He's a five-star guy. Uh, but I think USC at this point has got the lead, and, and they're doing really good things with him. Um, they have offered a few other tackles. I think just with USC, and I think with any school, if you're smart – you got to over-recruit the offensive tackle position because there's just a lot fewer pure offensive tackles, really specifically left tackles out there, than there are right tackles and interior offensive linemen. So you're going to offer a bunch of guys, and then as time goes on, you're going to realize, yeah, this guy's listed as an offensive tackle, but he's really going to play interior. So you got to over-offer that position and really find the guys that are legitimately going to play uh, offensive tackle for you. So they've kind of done that nationally. One guy that I want to kind of talk about specifically and just mention because he ended up on the target list and a lot of people kind of emailed me or like, who's the guy on the offensive target list? The, the photo at the top of the page, you don't really list who it is. Um, and I kind of did, but they didn't read the deck. Uh, but it's <laughs> Alex Leatherwood uh, from Pensacola, Florida. Uh, Alex Leatherwood is, is a guy that USC offered really early on. He's committed to Alabama, and people go, oh, yeah, right, dude. You're going to offer a guy committed to Alabama from Florida? Good luck with that. But he's a guy that really likes USC sincerely. Uh, you know, won't probably talk about it much in stories. You won't hear his name come up a lot. Uh, but you're trying to get him out to rising. Fancy could make it. Uh, that would be huge for them. But that's a guy that really likes USC, and he's liked USC since they offered him a scholarship. And he's a sophomore uh, to Alabama. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out with guys like that. Um, there is some national flavor there to the offensive tackle position for USC. And um, it, it, like I said, two to three, I think, is what they're shooting for. And uh, because they have depth and they've got some really good players with them that are young, uh, it's, it's one of those things that I think they can go out there and kind of swing for the fences a little bit and take some chances. All right, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball, Gerard. And uh, let's go, let's maybe start with defensive backs because there's been a shift. It looks like we could talk a little about Thomas Graham decommitting. Um, and maybe some of the thing has to do with his size because most of the guys that they're offering now just seem like they're big dudes. This has been a subject that we talked about in the war room a few times because we're always looking for sort of trends. Uh, you're looking for trends in personnel and how that's going to reflect the scheme that USC wants to use. It can reflect sort of the coach's mindset and how they want to play. And one very obvious trend that we've seen is that the majority of defensive backs that USC has offered scholarships to over the last few months have been very big. They're going back to the Pete Carroll sort of, we want safeties that are 6'2 and up, and we want six foot six one cornerbacks. Uh, you're literally talking about a handful of players that don't fit that profile. 
and really the two smallest guys on their board that they've offered scholarships to. And these scholarships were actually offered a long time ago are to Greg Johnson, the safety slash corner from Hawkins School in Los Angeles, who's committed to Arizona, and Darnay Holmes, who hasn't been interested in USC. And USC, I don't know if they're really recruiting him anymore, just just sort of parted ways, it seems, uh, is, is, is probably the smallest guy on the board, really, when you look at the guys who have been offered a defensive back. He's about 5'10", maybe, and he's about 180 pounds. Great player. I mean, a guy that USC should definitely – continue to recruit and you have a good season. That's the kind of guy that could still be on the board. You never know what's going to happen. He'll commit to Nebraska or something. Who knows what happens with that? So, I mean, it's one of those guys that I think is dynamic enough that you'd still like to go after, but in terms of profile, uh, that's not what Clancy Pendergast is looking at. You know, these, these, this, this new coaching staff want size. I mean, I, I haven't done a median breakdown, but I would say it's probably like six, one and a half is probably the guys that they've offered uh, looking at safeties and defensive backs. Um, the one interesting thing that has happened, and, and well, there's really two interesting things with two different players. First, as you mentioned, the Thomas Graham decommitment. Thomas Graham is another guy that's one of the smallest guys on the board when you look at it, 5'11", he's maybe 170 pounds. And so that's kind of interesting. You know, they didn't call him very much. They didn't talk to him very much. He called the coaches. Ronnie Bradford, the defensive backs coach, admitted to him, and he talked about it. said, yeah, man, I shouldn't have been calling you more. Should have been calling you more. And admitted that. And that was like, okay, hmm, interesting. So you admit that you really weren't recruiting him that hard. And when you're talking about a guy that's, you know, a, 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 an All-American type, four-star cornerback, a guy who's you know, got his sister going to USC, you just figure, yeah, hey, he's going to USC. He wanted to go to USC all the time. He's a good player. Um, I could see there being some debate of how good of a player he is, certainly. Um, but USC just didn't seem to be so excited about him. And so he kind of slipped through the cracks and he decommitted. Uh, now we're looking at another possible decommitment coming. But this one is different because this one doesn't fit the profile, and that's Bubba Bolden. 6'3", 190-pound safety, four-star Army All-American from Bishop Gorman, a guy that certainly size-wise is in line with the guys that they've offered scholarships to over the past few months. Uh, but he's not getting calls either. He's not heard from Ronnie Bradford since the spring game. So, you know, maybe he fits the size profile, but USC just wants somebody different. It's hard to know. You know, right now there's some dysfunction going on on the recruiting trail with USC. And, and there's, a lot, you know, there's stuff we could talk about. You know, USC fans know Austin Thomas uh, was brought in as sort of the wunderkind, um, you know, quasi-recruiting coordinator for USC to really help them behind the scenes, sort of organize, strategize, evaluate, and he's back at LSU now. Um, so there's some stuff going on there. I, I think it's fair to say that, you know, not everything, not everybody is on the same page uh, in terms of recruiting right now with USC. We've seen the results of that at the quarterback position and other positions. And this is sort of a question mark right now with Bubba Bolden, another guy that loves USC, a guy that was, man, the minute Clay Helton was announced, he committed to USC. It didn't seem to matter who the coaching staff was at that point. He was going to commit to USC. Well, that's obviously changed. So uh, it's harder to read. You could say with Thomas Graham, yeah, the size thing, maybe that was an issue. Um, USC's recruiting the heck out of Jalen Johnson, uh, about six, you know, one 185-pound cornerback from Fresno, uh, the brother actually of Johnny Johnson, who's a cornerback at uh, at UCLA, and he's a big kid. But we saw him in person, and kind of wonder if he's really going to play cornerback. Maybe he's better playing safety. But then you start to look at him and go, okay, but is he okay? He's big for cornerback physical kid, but if you move him to safety, is he big anymore? Is he big enough anymore for USC? Because they're recruiting a bunch of guys that are in the 6'2", 6'3", range, 6'4", some of them. 
Um, so that's kind of been the interesting trend, what we're watching with the defensive back position. Um, USC's offered a ton of kids in Florida. Um, I mean, it's like something in Florida um, that were defensive backs that had offers from scholarships from USC. Uh, they're going to strike out on a bunch of those guys, uh, but they just hope, you know, they can get to maybe those guys that they that, that they really like. And, and you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, they're not shooting with slugs right now. They're shooting with buckshot and trying to hit something. And hopefully that something is a, a high-level player, a guy like maybe a Jamel Cook um, that they can get in, um, and, you know, kind of towards the end of uh, – towards signing day. Uh, Sean Wade's a guy who came out on an unofficial visit. He's a, a big guy, a big 6'2 defensive back, probably ends up playing um, safety, but, you know, looked at as a as a – is a guy that you know could also play corner from the Jacksonville area. Derek Smith uh, is a guy that uh, committed to USC early on in the process. Actually, was was it signing day or a couple days after signing day? He committed to USC, and then like a half an hour later, he decommitted. He, oh no, I'm not committed. I committed on Twitter and then talked to his dad, and his dad's like, dude, come on, you're from Jacksonville, you have never seen USC. Uh, but don't be surprised if USC is still in there, regardless of what he says about talking to USC. There's a lot of that kind of stuff that's going to go on in Florida. USC wants to go in there, they want to go in Black Ops, Ninja, whatever you want to say, <laughs> and stay low key and recruit these kids. And then, you know, when you start to get into January, that's when you start hearing about them. They come in on their official visits. And then we kind of have to see who's the contenders from the contenders. When, uh, it, you cut out a little bit when you said the number of offers in Florida. Could you say that part again? Yeah, we don't I, – I don't remember off the top of my list. I have to count it out again. I remember I tweeted it out. It was something like 20, I think, um, defensive backs offered from Florida. Um, it was it was a kind of an insane number. And that's what I meant by – you know, they're not shooting with slugs, they're shooting with buckshot. So you're really kind of going in with a shotgun mentality and trying to hit something um, and, and get, you know, a beat on somebody and, and at least get them on campus and get those guys in. Sean Wade will probably make rising stars. Uh, Derek Smith, I would be shocked if he made rising stars. They offered, uh, I think, three or four kids there from Trinity High School in Jacksonville. DJ Matthews, I think, is the other the receiver. Um, so, you know, they, they want to bring these kids in and get them on campus and then uh, sort of work them towards the end uh, when you get closer to signing day. Uh, but, again, all big kids. They're all 6'2", 6'3", kids, big kids, and that's the theme at defensive back. Bigger is better. All right. Um, why don't we talk about the defensive linemen? Because I know there's been a, a whole bunch of interior defensive linemen offered, so maybe kind of talk about that position. Yeah, that's uh, 24, I think, is actually the number in the last month that USC has offered. Uh, basically, May evaluation, April 15th to this point, a month, they've offered 20-plus uh, you know, guys, which is impressive. I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of players there that you're offering at one specific position, and certainly over the past few weeks, that's definitely been the theme, defensive lineman, which a lot of USC fans have been you know, cheering for and, 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 and wanting to see USC. We need more depth on the defensive line. We need more depth. Um, so they've gone out there and they've offered a bunch of guys. It's sort of an eclectic mix, mostly Southern guys. It's been mostly, you know, sort of uh, Southern. Uh, offered a couple of Virginia kids. Too many guys to start mentioning, and just too many just random names. They're not guys that, you know, USC is going to have a ton of traction with most of them. Um, it's sort of again the shotgun mentality of just you know shooting and, and hoping you know you get a couple guys that can at least 
they all get off or and they get on campus and you can sort of work them from there. Um, but it's, it's crazy to think, you know, that many guys that they've offered and they've really only offered two guys from California uh, on that list of projected interior defensive linemen. The only defensive linemen locally that have scholarship offers are Martin Andrus and uh, Terrence Lang are the two that, that, that are, that are interior guys. Terrence Lang is, you know, six, five, six, six, a 275, 285 pound um, tight end slash defensive end. Uh, he's, you know, going to be a guy that I think he's going to have a bunch of scholarship offers by the end of the month in, in the June. Once people just see him physically, um, UCLA just offered him recently. Uh, there'd be a bunch of schools that, that are probably going to offer him. Uh, he talked to Kenichi Odizi just a few weeks ago and, and sort of admitted, you know, I've talked to him and, and and basically, I'm probably going to play defensive in college. You know, he's got great hands. He's got good feet. You know, you can see the basketball in him. Uh, fantastic footwork and really works himself open well in seven-on-seven. Seven and is, um, he's an albatross in seven-on-seven. Seven. I mean, he's just totally like, holy cow, I mean, this dude just stands out above everybody just physically. Um, but he's really good in seven-on-seven. Seven. But I, I think in terms of speed and when I mean, you're talking about, you know, you put on pads and the game kind of slows down and things change, I think – you know, his ceiling is much better as a defensive lineman. Defensive end in the 34 defense, I think, is perfect for him, or a three technique and more of a one-gap or three type set. Um, we'll see what Clancy does in terms of where the gap assignments fall for the defensive line, but I, I think he's he's a no-brainer type guy as an interior defensive lineman. Um, and Andrews, sort of the opposite way, in my opinion, his stock has dropped a lot um, this spring. He really hasn't looked good at many camps. Um, just sort of been a guy out there, um, plays at a real small high school. So his tape is pretty good, but then you start to wonder, you're playing at Los Angeles high school. What is the competition level? And are you really, you know, that quick? Are you really that skilled as a pass rusher? Uh, so more questions about him, but he's very high on USC. USC still recruiting him. So really those are the two local guys that USC is recruiting. Everybody else is either in Texas, Georgia, Florida, or Virginia, it seems like. You know, they've offered a couple guys even from Alabama. Uh, but, you know, we'll see if if they're able to get traction with those guys again. It's going to be difficult. We know that USC traditionally recruits a lot of guys out of state at the defensive tackle position. A defensive tackle down south, it's a very easy position to offer because those guys are already ready-made. You've got a bunch of 300-pound 300 guy, 300 guys out there named Bubba that are just coming out of high school look like they're already ready to play college football. Um, out here, it's harder. You've got to project more. You've got to put more in your projections. You have to try to find guys more. You're going to get 240-pound guys, 250-pound guys that have to develop into interior defensive linemen. And so that means you got to gamble a little bit, you know, when you're trying to project. you got to have a little more vision. And I think a lot of uh, schools in, in, like, USC and even UCLA's position – they don't want to do that, you know. They want to, it's very easy to go down to Texas and, and go to Georgia and see a guy that's just like, you know, six five, three hundred pounds. You're like, yeah, I want that guy. That's the guy I want. Um, but good luck. Everybody else down there wants him too. And those guys, they like mom's cooking. They like mama's cooking. They don't want to go too far away from mama. And so it's going to be hard to be able. It's not. It's not like defensive back. It's not like receiver where those guys are looking for the spotlight. The guys down there in South, they're playing defensive line. They're looking for barbecue. Barbecue. I love it. All right. Well, we should probably wrap it up. We just got one more position. We want to talk about the linebacker spot, and then we'll let you go, Gerard. Yeah, let's talk about it. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. What? Well, what is USC putting their focus on as far as linebackers go? 
the, the, the focus is still sort of on the hybrid type of guys. Um, in terms of scholarship offers, the, the 6'3-ish, you know, 220-pound linebackers um, that, that can play that sort of rush-in uh, Sam position. Really, you know, in terms of where they're at, you know, you look at the, the depth chart and, and what they have on the roster right now, they need to get some Sam linebackers. You know, that's really, I think, where they got to find some guys um, that, that can play. And so right now on the board, you got Addison Gums, who's a 6'4", probably 215-pound linebacker. I, I think he's really right down kind of narrowing it to UCLA and USC. A lot of people think he's going to UCLA. UCLA guys, writers, are very, very confident that he's going to go to UCLA. I think he likes USC a lot. I think he likes USC more than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, I think, you know, it's just UCLA got on him early, and they feel confident. But, you know, they feel a little confident about a lot of guys this time of year. And, you know, some guys commit to UCLA at this time of year, and then they don't end up there. So you kind of have to take it all with a grain of salt and look at the bigger picture. Um, but Addison Gums is, is a guy that they recruited, a very good player, um, that I think, you know, would be more of a Sam. Um, he could actually even play inside linebacker a little bit. Uh, he's got the height and he's got the length to be one of those edge guys but uh, certainly could move around. He's pretty, pretty versatile guy and a guy that USC is really pushing for and um, uh, semi-local player. I mean, he's from California. He's from Stellar Prep, which is up there in Haywood, California. Uh, so four-star Army All-American guy that USC, um, I think, has a legitimate shot at. Uh, there's uh, other guys that are kind of a little more harder to read. DJ Johnson, I think, is a guy from Sacramento that USC really likes. Uh, been recruiting really hard, 6'4", 220 pounds probably a little more of a predator type position player, um, but a guy that's got national offers. Um, he's, you know, schools in the SEC, schools in the ACC, Big 12, everybody's kind of going after him, but we haven't seen a lot in person, and we haven't really talked to a lot. Another guy that's kind of hard to get on the phone, we'll probably see him in Oakland, kind of see if he's a national level guy. Can he really play to that level and be a national level guy? Now, USC's got some pretty good depth at that rush-end position. You know, they've got Port Augustine, who's going to come in. He's going to be a true sophomore. Uh, they've got Oluwale Betiku, who's going to be a true freshman, um, who's already on campus as an early enrollee. He's playing that position. They've got other guys that could play that position, too. You know, Jabari Ruffin has kind of moved to Sam, but he really could naturally be more of a rush-end. So they've got depth at rush-end. I don't know they need a bunch of guys at that position. Um, again, I think Sam is the bigger question, getting uh, a, a guy that, you know, is maybe a little more versatile, a little more athletic. Um, but one thing that we have to remember, and it's, it's, it's hard to know a lot about Clancy Pendergast's scheme, big picture-wise, because he was only there for a year. You know, he was only at USC for a year. So we, we look back at that a lot and we go, okay, what did he do then? And, and so, you know, with three years, it may have sort of changed and transformed into something else. So the scheme may have evolved some. But the one thing that really I remember and stands out when we're talking about outside linebackers, Predator Rush End versus the Sam outside linebacker, is that he had Morgan Breslin and Devon Kennard playing those two outside positions. Uh, Devon Kennard, I believe, was the Sam in that scheme, and Morgan Breslin was Rush End. And really, technically, both those guys were defensive end. Those, those were 250, 260-pound outside linebackers. So, again – you know, we talk about size. Size comes back again. It just seems like USC wants to get bigger. They want to get bigger just about at every position. They definitely want to get bigger defensive back. That is just an obvious thing. And I think they want to get bigger even at linebacker. So, you know, you know, we're talking about Sam linebackers being more athletic and this, that, and the other. 
but they've offered a lot of guys that are in that 6'4", you know, 230, 240-pound range. Some of them, you know, we look at and think, well, maybe they'll grow into being interior defensive linemen, uh, but maybe they're not. Maybe their guys are just going to play rush in. I mean, Ryan Johnson came out for an unofficial visit. That's a mobile guy, 6'4", 250 pounds. A lot of people assume he's going to go down to a southern school and, and sure, you know, that would be the safe bet. But a mobile guy, T. Martin, the connection there, that's a big kid. That's a kid that you would look at and go, okay, he's he sort of probably a rush end, you know, at the very least he could be a Port Augustine type, but who's to say he couldn't be more like Devon Kennard and actually play Sam in that particular scheme? So USC certainly trying to get bigger um, up front. They're getting bigger in the back end. Um, I think one other guy I would throw out there at the linebacker position that, that's an interesting guy to look at, Levi Jones. I think mean, Levi Jones is a guy that USC has a really, really good shot at. He's, he's about 6'2", uh, 6'3", uh, 215 pounds, um, from Austin, Texas, a guy that uh, he might be making it for Rising Stars camp, kind of have to see, but he did take an unofficial out to USC uh, during the spring, watched the, one of the first spring practices, and it's very high on USC. It really looks like he's going to leave state. Talking to the guys in Texas, sounds like he's going to leave state. He's also looking at UCLA. That's a guy that would be a little more of a Sam. But, again, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 215, not a small guy. And so, again, I think USC – just bigger is better right now on defense. All right. Sorry about that. That was my, uh, I think my email clicked in <laughs> with a little sound effects. Well, let's finish off Gerard's uh, segment on linebacker recruiting. All right. Well, great, great stuff. We're going to have to have you on again. Cause you know, half, what a month into the May evaluation periods, we want to talk about some more specific stuff and definitely get into questions. So send in your questions, podcast at uscfootball.com. If you have, Recruiting questions for Gerard. We'll have uh, we have to have a couple more of these recruiting podcasts for you. If that's cool with you, Gerard, that would be great. Awesome. Okay. Well, we will. Uh, thanks for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at Gmart Live. Everyone else will be back again uh, early next week. Maybe we'll get Gerard on early next week. So send in those recruiting questions. Podcast at uscfootball.com, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.